This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers got to beat the Titans on Sunday. There's no way around it. You can't afford. You can't afford to kick the can down the road anymore. They got to do it. You got to win the next three out of four games. And I got to be honest with you here. I just watched the Kansas City Chiefs play football last night. You ain't winning a game against the Kansas City Chiefs in their home stadium. And Tom, to be honest, you keep saying three out of four, three out of four, buddy. I think it's got to be four. I don't know. Four. I think three out of four is going to get you in. Don't, don't. I know you're nervous. You saw the Chargers light it up last night. Oh, no. We got to win all these four games again. I think you get a 9 7 and 1 record. You're sneaking in the back door as the seven seed in this 2021 playoff field. Does 9 and 7 and 1 win you the AFC North? <laughs> it really might. It you might, might be having a home game if you go 9 7 and 1. And Tim Benz pointed this out on Twitter last night, and it's kind of scary. So the winner of the AFC North is most likely going to get the runner-up of the AFC West, four seed versus the five seed. Right. That's not good. Well, most likely going to be the Chargers be the now, Chargers. unless the Chiefs go in the tank. And honestly, the only way the happening. Chiefs can lose now is if COVID just strikes down their entire team, much like it's doing with the Browns right now. A lot of franchises. Yeah, it's it's going to get tight down the stretch. It's, of the it's season really here. all about luck. Can your team survive stay COVID? Healthy? Survive injuries? Right. Not not just healthy from injuries, but healthy from COVID. Does your team have the bad fortune of having this outbreak at the wrong time of the year? And like I, I hate to say it like this, but I mean, this is the dirty, dirty game we analyze and we we play on Sundays. It's all about who gets COVID on your team, right? Like if you're the Buccaneers, you'd rather have it be some cornerback Third than, string corner Tom, than Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah, even starters. Like there's a level to like, hey, if Leonard Fournette's out because he has COVID, that's fine as long as Tom it's Brady's Tom. still in the game. Godwin's out. We still have Mike Evans. You know what I mean? So I mean, for it's the all Cleveland like Browns, you said, it's all luck. It's for the all Cleveland luck. Browns. When I saw Baker Mayfield, uh, the report that he had it, I said, okay, I don't see that as a big problem for the Browns. Put Case Keenum in. And then he gets COVID. Case Keenum gets COVID, and then the Browns are in real dire straits. We'll get to them when we talk about uh, the rest of the league and Fireside Friday and what the NFL should do about that Saturday game. But speaking of luck, Steelers, they've kind of been getting lucky all year as far as the AFC North just hasn't had that team that's ready to take it, take claim, put the flag no. in the mountain and be yeah. like, this is our division. So no that's lucky that so. you've been able to kind of, you know, spin in your tracks a little bit. You lost some games you shouldn't have lost early in the year. I, I think that Raiders, it's funny, we kept flipping back and forth. The Raiders were good. Now they're bad. Now they're good. Now they're bad. Now we know Probably bad. should have beaten that team at home. But they still have six wins on the year. Probably shouldn't have been swept by the Bengals. You can lose one of those games, but you shouldn't get swept by them, especially, especially in the fashion the that you did in the second yeah. So you can look back and see the timelines. There's some things that didn't go the Steelers' way, and they've been lucky that they still are Convert able to stay on in one this. of those comebacks between either Minnesota Chargers, or the Chargers, right? But their luck has bounced in their favor as far as everyone else not being that great of a football team. And we just talked about the Browns briefly. Ben Roethlisberger, <clears throat> it resulted in a tie to the worst team in football. But you don't have to worry about Big Ben being unavailable to you down the stretch of the of, of the rest of the season. He already got it. Exactly. As long as he doesn't, you know, break a leg or something, something like that. Yeah. But you know, as far as Which the deadly deadly age, what thirty nine? The deadly disease that floats in the air and you can't see when it's going to enter your system. Yeah, he should be good as far as that's concerned. 
Uh, we're going to talk about Steelers offense, how they attack the Titans. We're going to get into the Titans um, offense and how the Steelers defense needs to step up, and they need to step up. It's been a couple games now where they've been less than average, and they need to definitely grab some of that momentum back and be that world-beating defense, or at least some of that world-beating defense that we expect from them. Uh, but before we dive into all of that, take a look at the injury report. Steelers going to get lucky with some players being back. Ben Roethlisberger with a peck and right shoulder. He was limited. He hasn't really practiced at all this week. Jerry Dulac told us on the Mark Madden show yesterday he hasn't felt that bad after the beating he took in the Vikings game in a while. And I actually listened to Ben talk with the DV Morning Show mm-hmm. yesterday. Great interview. If you mm-hmm. haven't listened to that, check out the podcast for that um, on DVE Morning Show's page, wherever you find your podcast. But Ben literally said, I have not felt this way in a long time after that Vikings loss. He was getting beat alive. So limited him on Thursday. He's not going to practice hard. I bet Jacob for the rest of the year, it's going to be kind of a, yeah, he's there. He's in a walkthrough capacity. Limited is the only designation he'll get to. He'll never have a full practice again. And it's just, let's buckle it up for four last Sundays at the very least hall of famer. And, and maybe he will have a full practice and I'm wrong. This is just my best guess. Hey, you're better off playing it safe, aren't you? Yeah. Why limit his exposure to physical contact if you can limit it and keep him as healthy as you possibly can entering kickoff any given week? And that Vikings game, I Ben is what in the top? Ben we now know is the most all-time sack quarterback, but this season I think he's among the top five most sack quarterbacks as well. But that Vikings game just felt different watching it. The hits that he suffered, they were blindside hits. And, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks take those kind of hits, but with the ferocity of which they came, case in point, the Harrison Smith one, which was the last sack of the game, totally unblocked. These guys were coming full steam ahead. There was no pen- There was no blocking on them whatsoever to slow them down. So they were coming at Ben with full force, and the hits that he took – were just really, really brutal for any quarterback to hit, especially someone at Ben's age, at 39. So does not shock me at all that we're at this point of the season. He's been taking hits all season long, whether they're in the form of QB knockdowns or sacks. We're here 15 weeks later. He just took some of the, 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 the hardest hits he's taken all season long. Shouldn't shock anyone that he's made those comments. You want the good news or the bad news first with the, the Steelers report? The good news just because I'm used to hearing more bad news. So All right, there's a couple good news. Do anything for me to hear the good news second. Uh, let's look at the linebacking core. Robert Spillane, full participant on Thursday's practice with that knee injury. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's going to be good to have Robert Spillane at least back in the mm-hmm. fold. I'm not saying he's going to start over Devin Bush, although the last time Spillane was healthy, he was put in for a bench Devin Bush against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So maybe that'll play out that way as the game unfolds, that Spillane will end up getting more and more snaps is that kind of starting spot. But at least you won't have to be putting Buddy Johnson in there to get reps for next year, as Devin Bush put it in his mm-hmm press conference earlier in the week. You, you won't have that bad of a drop-off. Robert Spillane at least can do some things, especially in that running game. I, I think he can help stabilize that rush defense that's just been getting torched the past couple of weeks. So good news there on the Spillane front, I'd say, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The, can you believe we're sitting here saying that? 
Oh mm. my goodness, what a relief! Robert I can Spillane just is... based on the rush defense. Well, of course, seen, yeah. no. Uh, but if you were to tell us, if you were to make a little time machine and travel back to week one of the preseason and, and say to us, you guys are going to be, you guys are going to be long awaiting the return of Robert Spillane. Remember all the criticism we used to say whenever it looked like he was going to be the starter opposite of Bush until they went out and got Schobert. I mean, we used to jump on these microphones in the off season and just. That's our biggest fear. That's our biggest weakness. That's our biggest fear on the mm -hmm. defense. Man, were we wrong. The biggest liability that you have. Honestly, and the position was, was right. We were right on about the position, just not the right guys. It's yeah. the two starters instead of the the backup, Robert Spillane. Mm -hmm. Some other good news. Uh, Alex Highsmith, full participant with that quad. TJ Watt, a full participant with that groin injury. Going to need both of those guys, especially the latter. Uh, we don't need to keep pounding into the ground how important and how valuable T.J. Watt is. Let's just say they've won all of their games that they've won this year when he's been healthy and effective. So you, you absolutely need number 90 to be up and ready to go. And you need Highsmith, too, because you don't really have much depth at that outside linebacker spot either. And Highsmith hasn't been probably to the level we'd hoped he'd be this year expected. but he's, he's doing okay and he's definitely better than the alternative option that would be if he was not able to go so Highsmith and Watt looking on track to play great news for the Steelers I will say this about TJ it seems to me that like in the Raiders game when he came out uh in the Vikings game when he came out in the Lions game when he came out it wasn't some injury that was blatantly obvious it was he came off and then the next drive for the defense, the next defensive series that Pittsburgh was on the field for, all of a sudden you're looking around saying, where's TJ? Why isn't he out there? And it's always because of this tweak, right? It's never this thing where he goes down and he's staying down and he's groveling on the field or groveling on the, on the turf. It's something in the, in the absolute slightest that is just off and he can't play through it. So it's good to see that he's being a full participant, but what I've noticed is that it doesn't take much for him to be removed from the equation. So while I'm hopeful and while it feels good to see that he's out there as a full participant, I'm going to be holding my breath until the clock hits all zeros in the second half, knowing that there's a good possibility he does not finish this game. Carlos Davis was a full participant in practice with a knee injury that has kept him sidelined for the majority of the season. I'm not going to make any claims that he'd be back, but it certainly would be nice to have another body up on the front of that um, defensive line to help stop that rushing attack that's just been gouging the Steelers week after week after week. Uh, Montrevious Adams, who did not practice Wednesday because of an illness, wasn't even on the practice report on Thursday. So good news there for Steelers mm -hmm. fans. He will at least be back. Um the DNPs, as far as practice is concerned, Kevin Rader with a hip injury, so keep an eye on him. Zach Banner did not practice with a knee. Not sure if you'll have Banner for this game, but they haven't really been utilizing Banner that much anyway, so not sure if the coaches just don't see his play being up to the level that needs to be in the practices. Not sure if they just want to try to keep getting that continuity going with this line that they've been employing. I don't know what the case is, but you, you might not have even the option to use Zach Banner. And the big one, Joe Hayden was limited on Thursday with a foot injury. He did not practice with a foot injury on Wednesday. So it would seem 
that that's progress in the right direction, but you just don't know if it's enough progress. Well, and Jerry Dulac again, who joined us yesterday on the Mark Madden show, put his name on. He does not think Joe Hayden's going to be able to play in this game on Sunday, and Jerry's pretty in the know when it comes to that kind of stuff. Sure. So that limited designation, I don't know if you could read too much into it because as Jerry also pointed out to us, there was a Friday a couple weeks ago when Joe Hayden was a full participant in practice and then still did not play on Sunday's action. So hold your breath all throughout the weekend, Steelers fans, but you might be running without Joe Hayden again against Tennessee. And this is an injury that has now compounded over a few weeks now, and it's really starting to hurt the Steelers a lot to not be able to have Joe come back into this lineup. He's by far their best cornerback on the team. And with the research and the, with the emergence, I should say, of Akella Witherspoon and Cam Sutton just being what Cam Sutton's been all year long, I think you've got three pretty solid corners you can throw out there. And in fact, the notion of putting Witherspoon on the outside and bumping Sutton onto the inside slot where As he's been the most comfortable, is, yeah. I think that's definitely on the table if 23 can get healthy and come back, which is up in the air right now. I will say this if you want to. Put good fortune on, or good news on good news, Tom, is the fact that the Titans will be without AJ Brown. So you don't have to really worry about their biggest target being out there for you. And, and kind of like last week with Adam Thielen being out, you only had to focus on uh, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson, who burned you <laughs> badly. But now AJ Brown, their number one target is out, and their number two target is Julio Jones, who hasn't scored a single touchdown all year, which means he'll get his first three on Sunday. On Sunday, yeah. One of them will be an amazing one-handed toe-dragger in the back of the end zone. But at least you don't have to worry about not having Joe Hayden to put on the opposing team's best pass catcher. Yeah, and one thing about that Vikings thing, too, I'll say is, you know, you were hoping that it was going to be Jefferson by himself out there. Cook was able to go, and that really just crushed you. you. I mean, you didn't know. It was a two-headed monster. You didn't know where the hit was coming from. No chance. And you're not going to have that kind of midnight hour, Derrick Henry, glass shatters. He comes down the runway to get into the ring moment. You know, you don't have to worry about the all-pro top three running back in this week's matchup coming back randomly and gouging you for 205 yards. So... A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, those are really the one in the two punch for this offense. And even though Julio Jones is a name, not a name that I really worry about much anymore or put much stock into. No, not at all. He's been a complete non-factor. That was just a Hollywood star grab that the Titans made in the offseason. He's done nothing to contribute to that team's success. Even when Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown were out there, it was still just Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown's offense. Julio Jones was really not a part of it. A couple key members for the Titans that are on their injury report to keep an eye on Steelers fans on Thursday. Uh, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, starting cornerback, did not practice for the second day in a row. David Long Jr., inside linebacker for them, did not practice with a hamstring injury for the second day in a row. Uh, Tier Tart, a defensive tackle for them. Um, he gets some run, but he's not as good as Jeffrey Simmons. That's the one you really have to worry about. He did not practice for the second day in the row with an ankle injury. So those three guys are pretty significant contributors for Tennessee. They're definitely not ready to play, at least at this moment. Harold Landry the third outside linebacker, did uh, limited practice on Wednesday with a hammy, but he was full on Thursday. Harold Landry leads the Titans with sacks with 11 on the season. So that's a pretty key member to what they try to do defensively. 
that they should probably have back for this game against the Steelers. Let's switch gears here. Let's talk about the Steelers' defense, how you attack that Titans offense on Sunday at Heinz Field. You're going to have Watt and Highsmith at least at the start of this game, barring any major setback from practice today on Friday or any kind of tweak that happens in between uh, now and game time on Sunday. So you're going to have your two uh, premier pass rushers, and I think it's all about getting to Ryan Tannehill and sacking the quarterback. The Titans do not do a good job protecting Ryan Tannehill. They give up over two sacks per game. The Steelers are right around three sacks per game. Mm-hmm. That That's that's the one right there that really jumps out to me on paper at first is the, where you can exploit them. And with his 13 interceptions thrown this season, eighth most in the NFL, I, I think you get a lot of pressure on him. You see this trend that the Steelers have had in recent weeks of getting an interception come to fruition yet again against Tennessee. So I think it all it all starts with your Watt and your Highsmith and getting pressure on Ryan Tannehill and making sure. him uncomfortable. Yeah, and, you know, you kind of seem to see Cam Hayward. It's weird. Do you think he has his best games when TJ's out there or when TJ's not out there? Probably his best games with TJ just because but we've also there's seen, at least someone that can take some attention away. Like when TJ wasn't out there for the Charger game, that may have been Cam Hayward's best game of the, of the season. Potentially, and you absolutely will have that image of him running down the field and tracking Justin Herbert down, burned into your mind forever. I mean, forever, which is a shame because he's made such great plays all year long. But that's the one that'll stick out to you. Him. That was the interception game too, right? He jumped yes, up and he, snagged the ball. He, he, yeah, he like got yeah. that weird yeah. looking interception. That was the where, best game of his season so far. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. But without T.J. Watt, so if T.J. Watt is out there and they're going up against this offensive line in Tennessee. Against Ryan Tannehill, who has a tendency to turn the ball over this year, something he he didn't do in his first two or three years with the Titans. That's got to be your your plan, right? That's got to be your absolute number one plan of attack is force Ryan Tannehill into uncomfortable positions. But you can only do that really if it's T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward doing it because the Montavious Adams experiment, I wouldn't say has failed already. It's just... I think expectations were set too high after the Baltimore game to the point where he was bound to disappoint you against Minnesota. And maybe now that the, those expectations have cooled a little bit, whatever he'll do against Tennessee could be seen in a positive light but not necessarily have a positive effect on the game. He just does enough to allow Cam Hayward to not have to be a one-man show out there if T.J. Watt somehow gets dinged up again but I think that with TJ Watt and Cam Hayward out there and hopefully a fully healthy Alex Highsmith as well those three guys they have to know if we want to beat this offense we have to get to Tannehill does Ryan Tannehill scare you not this year he did really well last year he he had his best year of his career last year and I thought that Henry and I thought that with Derrick Henry having the season he was having at the start of the year before he went down what, he had nearly 1,000 yards in, what, yeah. eight games? He still leads the Titans in rushing by 600 yards. He's still in, like, the top t- top seven, top six. Top five. In the NFL in rushing yards. It took Jonathan Taylor an extra four or five weeks to surpass him. And then it then took Joe Mixon an extra three weeks after that to surpass uh, Derrick Henry. Jonathan Taylor, by the way, might get to 2,000 yards this year out of nowhere. Sneaky. Well, he's Sneaky. going up against New England, but we'll get to that later, but... 
Dude, I think I think with Derrick Henry obviously helps Ryan Tannehill's of game course. a lot. He's and their whole offense. This combination of Hilliard and Foreman obviously is not the same. But the thing that the Titans have done, something that Mike Tomlin has pointed out and Mike Vrabel pointed out when the Pittsburgh media spoke to them, or when the Pittsburgh media spoke to him, was the fact that they have not strayed away from a run-first offense, especially with A.J. Brown out. They attack op- or opposing defenses on the ground. Even though it's not Derrick Henry out there, they, they stick to that identity. So I think it's just the fact that Ryan Tannehill is playing a little bit worse is, the fact that, is due to the fact that they're sticking with that, but it's not to the effectiveness of when you have Derrick Henry out there. So Ryan Tannehill is forced to do a little more, and maybe he's just not competent at doing that. So, no, he doesn't scare me, especially if it's a, a, a combination of whoever else in the backfield rather than Derrick Henry. Only two teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots, choose to run the ball more than Tennessee. Philadelphia's got a running quarterback in Jalen Hurts, and they're kind of doing a little bit of a Baltimore Ravens-esque offense in Philadelphia. And with New England, well, the head coach is cosplaying, being the head coach at the University of Navy, and he runs the ball like 80 times a football game to get a W. So... Those are the only two teams in front of you as far as running the ball is concerned, and your best running back in the league has been out for the past five weeks. Yeah, I'd say you're still pretty committed to the rushing attack, and this week is no exception. I mean, if I were the Titans coaches, I would be formulating a run-first game plan all day mm-hmm. against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'd, oh, I mean, why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? If that's it's, your identity already and you see the, how badly the Steelers struggle against the run, absolutely. You would pull, you'd be pulling at Pittsburgh Steelers by saying, but we're going to pass. I think, I think we should pass against these guys. So uh, Foreman, Hilliard, those are the two guys that will get most of the run for Tennessee. How do you stop that rushing attack if you're the Steelers? I don't think you have the dudes up front, even if Carlos Davis is able to return for this game. To get the job done, you just went on your soliloquy that I agreed with about how you just don't trust Ryan Tannehill this year. Stack the box. Put eight guys in the box. Just sell out. Run blitzes. Stop the run as much as you can. Leave your corners out there on single coverage on Westbrook and Kine and Julio Jones and the tight ends. They're all no-name guys. Like We don't know their names. Well, Julio's got a big name, but he's playing like a no-name guy right now. Like. You can trust your defensive backs to potentially stay with those guys one-on-one if you want to have eight guys committed Mm -hmm. to stopping the rush attack, which I got to be honest with you. Just based on my feeling that the Titans will come down or come out in 13 personnel, three tight ends on the field, run it right down your throat kind of style of football, I think you got to sell out completely to stop this run early in this football game or else you are just going to be playing with fire. If you try to just, you know, typical run stopping, try to stop with a defensive lineman, the linebackers flow to the action, you're going to get beat again and again and again on the ground. You give up five yards per carry. It's by far the worst in the NFL right now. It's time to start selling out extra hard and, and maybe leaving yourself exposed in the passing game to stop the run. And this is a game I'm comfortable leaving yourself exposed in the passing game. And i got to be honest with you, Jacob. Just off the top of my head right now, the Titans with Tannehill, that's a game I'm willing to expose myself in the passing game to stop the run. The Chiefs are whatever. You're you're not going to do anything there. Browns, I could totally sell out to expose the passing game against Baker. Ravens, Lamar's been having one of his worst years passing of his career. So it sets up to where you need to really start to be 
throwing the kitchen sink at stopping but the, the run. But the problem let's, is, let's Tom, see if they do it this the week. The problem though. is, Tom, is that again we're sitting here another week saying you gotta stop the run, and they week after week, even though we make the message clear, they haven't. And I think the problem to what you just made the point of is the fact that it kind of works against their favor. Like I know you're saying these teams don't have the best pass attack, but that's going to be their plan of attack is the Titans like to run more. So they're going to run against the Steelers. The Browns have two great running backs. Why wouldn't they use those guys? And right. the Ravens love the Ravens run more than any team in the NFL, right? Over the past three years since Lamar has yes, come in historically. <clears throat> so why, why would these teams stray away from their run first attack? Just because the Steelers are showing an extra guy, an eighth defender against the run rather than just seven. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. They're, I think it was Ryan Clark. I'm trying to remember now. Someone someone nationally said no one is afraid to play the Pittsburgh No, I don't anymore. think there's a single team. I think even teams like, well, for sure, the Detroit Lions. I'm not afraid. Any, no, not at all. I don't think the Lions are afraid of many teams, though, to be honest with you. I mean, that's a that's I'd love, that, just I'd love that kind of mentality yeah, in, a, of in a team with talent like Pittsburgh. They're like, if those talentless bums can get fired up every single why game can't the Steelers? and you know take some pride in their efforts, then why can't some of the Steelers? Let's not put Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt and those Ben Roethlisberger and Najee Who and Deontay. Well. You know, there's a lot of guys, Minka. There's a lot of guys that should not be put into that boat. They're playing well and they're trying their absolute best. And I don't want to say that no one's not trying their absolute best. I don't think professionals don't give their 100% effort and still get to be called them calling themselves professionals. professionals. So I think it's not an effort problem, but it's just there's some lack of pride as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned about stopping of that Of what run. you're putting out. And Cam's got the pride, and he's trying to, to get the spark, but it's just not coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. But you, the sands in the hourglass of the season are running really low now, so you really need to start picking things up You're going grain by grain at this point. Exactly, and we talked – the theme at the beginning of this episode was luck. Luck has almost run out. You got to make your own luck now. So you got to win three out of these. I four think the luck has a shot. Out. I think you control your own destiny. Can you take care of teams and take advantage of their their own misfortunes? I think the luck has completely run out. It's just will you take advantage of what you've been given? It's now time to capitalize. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they've had amazing opportunities with those comebacks against the Vikings and Chargers that they have not been able to take advantage of and capitalize on. That's my concern, Tom. Is that they've been given, <clears throat> excuse me, they've been given s- situations of which, of which they can be put in a position to win games, and they will not, they will not take it. So I can't, I can't say to myself, well. The Browns are really injured. The Ravens are having a really bad year offensively. Titans have no one. No no skill position player of consequence. The Bengals there. are too young and too inexperienced to really take advantage of the other three AFC North teams' own misfortunes other than their own. No, the three final te- three out of the team next week or this coming week, and then the team the penultimate week and the final week, Browns and Ravens, they're so flawed right now as teams, but the Steelers are also in that boat. Mm-hmm. The only team that's not flawed that they have coming up is the Chiefs, who are just rounding into complete Super Bowl form. And the right only now. flaw the Steelers have is their own lack of production. They don't have injuries that are real. I mean, self discipline too, huge problem. The uh, injuries, lack that, of awareness. The is injuries a that they have to deal with now are the same injuries they've had to deal with since week one. 
since week two because that's when Tyson Alawala went down. And potentially getting healthier this week with Carlos Davis potentially being back right. in the fold. So, yeah, it's more self-inflicted wounds with the Pittsburgh Steelers, whereas the Browns and the Ravens are just their it's, – it's, it's bad luck. It's the injury slash It's bad luck, it's luck. Bad at the worst time. That's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Still a lot more to break down with the Steelers and the Titans. So if you want to hear some more uh, matchup breakdown for Sunday's game at Heinz Field, just try to find one of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at Steelers.com. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman. As always, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll talk to you next time.